Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Inspired by the Word. Global Times of Devotion with the Lord. Hallelujah. We're still praying. I'm going to read out a prayer point. We're going to be praying for our leaders, the leaders of our country. Acts 17, verse 12. A lot of them became believers, including many Greeks, who were prominent in the community, women and men of influence. We're going to pray specially for the salvation of leaders in our country. Hallelujah. Declare that the word of God is growing and prevailing among the leaders, hallelujah, affecting and influencing their thinking and decision-making such that they will enact laws and policies that are in line with God's plans and purposes for your country, praise the Lord. Declare that the unsaved leaders hear and believe the gospel and receive it for their salvation, thereby causing them to administrate the affairs of your country 
with the fear of God and they are surrounded with the right people, information and advices who will, who will guide them in making judicious policies, especially in these times, hallelujah. So let's go ahead and pray, praying for our leaders, the leaders of our nation, of our country, every level of leadership from the legislative to the executive, you know, every every level we'll be praying for them right now. Can you meet yourself as you begin to pray for them? We have Lucha, que vaya a la 
Oh, hallelujah, Oh, <laughs> 
Yes, Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus, we thank you for leaders of our nation. Hallelujah. Yes, hallelujah. Each and every one of them are coming to salvation. Hallelujah. A divine orchestration. Hallelujah. Angelic visitation. Hallelujah. Baraka Satakabaya. Barekisitikibaya. Laka Satakabaya. Rekobozo Predegi Kokaro Satakabaya. Repalo Shakabaya Labasata. Leading them to Christ. Hallelujah. Lake Zekerebasataya. We see many of them coming to Christ. Hallelujah. Lika Basatakabaya. Dropping all the lies. Dropping all the deception. Baleki Sufreke di Kabarosta. Baraka Sotoko Brondo Kobaya. Making the right decisions. Kateka Bezo Prakada Kabaya. Leka Basata Kabaya. By the orchestrations of the Holy Ghost, hallelujah. Leka Bayana Basata coming up with the right policies, making the right decisions, and the people around them, hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Other right people, Katashunda, Katelamando Kobosoto, Yekepede Kepayalabasata, that will cause them to make the right decisions also. Nika Zante Kebindo Freki Tovaleto Janamanta Kabaya. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God forevermore. Thank you, precious Father. Thank you, precious Father. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory to God, praise the Lord. Thank you, precious Father. For in Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon. Good evening, depending on what part of the world you are connected from at this time. You are welcome to the Inspired by the World Global Times of Devotion. Hallelujah. Thank you, Sinda Marak, for the opportunity to lead the saints of God in prayer and intercession for the nations of the world at this time. Hallelujah. Right now, we're going over to the Rhapsody of Reality segment. Praise the Lord. Over to you, esteemed Sister Joy, for the Rhapsody of Reality segment. Thank you. Thank you so much, esteemed Pastor Deborah. Thank you so much, esteemed Sister Maka, for this wonderful opportunity. Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon, good evening, depending on what part of the world you are connecting from. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Um, today's topic is justified with a new life. Hallelujah. And this is um, similar to what we actually, um, what Pastor uh, talked about yesterday in yesterday's Rhapsody. Praise God. Okay, just give me a minute. I'm trying to share. Okay, is on the screen. Our opening scripture is Romans 5.1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 5.1. Each time I think about all that Jesus did for us, oftentimes tears of worship and appreciation flow freely from my eyes. I'm elated with uncontrollable joy. Think about it. Because of Jesus, we've been declared not guilty, justified, acquitted. Praise the Lord. Ephesians 2, 4 to 6 tells us, but God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, had quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and had raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. When Jesus died, we died with him. When he was buried, we were buried with him. When God raised him from the dead, we were raised together with him. Praise the Lord. When you think about what Christ did for us, hallelujah, there's no way you will not feel so emotional. Because even before you were born, before you came into this world, 
That's when Christ had already died for all of your sins. And, and declared you not guilty. So anytime we maybe um, commit a sin or we are feeling like we're not good enough, that's not Christ talking in you. That's the devil. And Sister Markham said something. She said, it was yesterday when she was telling us that maybe if she did something, uh, maybe something not right and all, and the devil start coming to put it in her mind that, oh, look at what you did. She would tell the devil, mind your business. This is a family this is a family business. Don't, don't, don't be involved. It's none of your business. My father didn't send you to me. So that's how it is for us in Christ. No matter how often you commit sin, no matter how much you do things that you're not proud of, God has not given up on you. He has declared you free. Praise the Lord. Even though that's not an excuse to commit sin, but then you have that assurance that you have a God that will always be there for you, that will always have you with open hands and say, oh, my daughter, my son, come, I love you so much, praise God. So that is how we are. When, 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 when Christ died, we died with him. When he was buried, we were buried with him. When he rose up from the dead, hallelujah, we also were raised with him, praise God. We were we are in him in his death, burial, and resurrection. Romans 4, 24 to 25 says, But for us also to whom but for us also to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. We weren't justified by his death. We were justified by his resurrection. We were not justified by his death. We were justified by his resurrection. Hallelujah. When he was raised from the dead, he was born again. He's the head of the new creation. The Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Hallelujah. I really love this scripture so much. It said all things are passed away. For some people, they gave their hearts to Christ at a very young age. So it was, it's just, they've been living like a glorious life and all. But for some people, they've committed so much sins. Some people have even killed. Some people have done all sorts of things. But do you know that immediately they gave their heart to Christ, all those things are washed away. Like it's, it's a new slate. Everything has gone away. So it, like there are so many, that, like um, one of my pastors when I was in school then, he used to tell us then that when he was still in the world, he was a cultist. Like they did all sorts of things. But now, he's preaching the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's bringing many souls to Christ, terrorizing the kingdom of darkness. For human beings, we say, eh, this person that has killed, this person that has done this, this person that has done that, eh, you're not coming to say you're giving your heart to Christ. Ah, no, you have to suffer for your failure. You have to suffer for this, you have to suffer. But that is not how God's love is. Praise the Lord. And that's why we always say, thank God, man is not good. Hallelujah. Because some things that 
God overlooked. Even you that you are judging somebody that, oh, this person has done so much. What about you? Have you even seen what you have done? But then Christ loves us all equally. And all these things that we might have committed, everything is now a clean slate. You are now a new person, praise God. You are not the same person that was born of your biological parents. That's the old man that had, that had the nature of sin. That whole old man died in Christ and he knew you was born when you were born again. So you are not of this world. Or people will always say, eh, we're born into sin. Mm -mm. By the time you, you, gi you give your heart to Christ, all those ones, it's not, it's not your, your portion anymore. You're not, you not living in that realm. You're not living in that reality. You're living in the reality of God's word that says you're a new creature. And it is what God says about you that matters and not what man says, hallelujah. So it doesn't matter how man might have classified you. What matters is what God has said concerning you. What his word has said concerning you. Praise God. No wonder he says in Romans 6, 4, therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life, walk in the consciousness and life of your, and light of your new life and nature in Christ. Praise the Lord. So we're not of this world. If, when, when, when Christ died, all of our sicknesses, all of our shames, all of our insecurity, Poverty, you just think about all the nasty things from the kingdom of hell because God does only good things. Just think about all of those things. You see the bad habits you're struggling with, all of them, they're dead in Christ. That's why the Bible says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. A lot of Christians, they're struggling this day because they don't know who they are in Christ. They don't know what they have in Christ, hallelujah. They don't know their reality. So many times we just allow the devil to keep telling us who we are not. Keep using our past to judge us. Keep using our insecurity to judge us. Keep using our weaknesses to judge us. But that's not who we are. The, today in this, um, pastor is telling us that we are new, we are new in Christ. Christ is our identity. As it is, so are we in this world. Don't be like those people that will say, hey, ah, you're yeah, yeah, trying to compare yourself with, with God. That is a sin. No, it is not a sin. It is who we are. It is who God says we are. So, for example, for example if, you, if you, let's say you, you buy something for, you buy something maybe, just to decorate your house. And somebody's now saying, no, that's not how it is. Who? Oh, that's not how it's supposed to be. Meanwhile, in the manual, that is what it is meant for. Or you bought a, you bought a car. And somebody now comes to tell you that, ah, no, that car is meant for eating. You're not supposed to be driving it. Please, who are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the manner of the car that says, okay, this car 
like it's it's obvious you don't even need to read any manual about any car for you to know that this car is supposed to to drive you around that is how it is when we listen to the devil who was not there when god was creating us allow him to tell us who we are praise the lord so we should walk in this consciousness and this light of our new life and nature in Christ. So it doesn't matter what has happened in the past. Now you are living in this reality as a new creature in Christ. Praise the Lord. And I always want you to think about this scripture. I want you to always meditate on this scripture. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So it doesn't matter how for how long the devil has been, even despite the fact that you're born again, it doesn't matter for how long the devil has been lying to you, has been saying all sorts of things about you, making you believe who you are not. Today that you have realized who you are in Christ, then it is now your reality. Praise God. Always have this consciousness that all things have passed away. You are a new creature. When Christ died, you died with him. And when you were resurrected, you were resurrected with him. And you are enjoying that new life that he has called you for. Hallelujah. Praise God. So right now we're going to be taking the further study. Praise the Lord. Um, we're going to be reading from Galatians 2.16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Praise God. First Corinthians 6, 11 says, And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified, in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. So you are not justified by, you're not justified by what you do. You're not justified by that shall not kill their neighbor, that shall not, mm -mm. you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So it is not by your power. It is not by your might. It is not by your works, but by the name of the Lord Jesus, hallelujah. And finally, Acts 13, 38 to 39. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sin. And by him, all that believe are justified from all things, from which ye could not be justified by the law of Moses. I'll, I'll read that 39 again. And by him, all that are all that believe are justified from all things from which ye could not be justified by the law of Moses. Hallelujah. So we're going to be taking the confession together. You don't have to unmute your mic, just repeat after me wherever you are. Praise God. Righteous Father, what a great celebration! The death, burial, a resurrection of the Lord Jesus has ushered us into in that when he was raised from the dead, we were raised together with him and thus received justification. Oh, I'm alive in Christ. 
Therefore, I walk in this newness of life. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm alive in Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, esteemed Sister Maka, for this opportunity. Thank you so much, Ma. Right now, I'd like to hand over to Brother Zier to take us through the New Testament reading of the One Year Bible Plan. Thank you so much, everyone, for your time. Have a glorious day ahead. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sister Joy. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Welcome to today's Inspired by the World Times of Devotion. Thank you so much, Sister Maka, for this amazing platform. I'll be going through the One Year Bible Reading Plan, and I'll be sharing my screen at the moment. We've been reading the message translation, and it's been a very interesting read. Today we're reading the book of Luke, chapter 13, from verse 1 to 30. So we have the caption, unless you turn to God. Verse 1. About that time, some people came up and told him about the Galileans Pilate had killed when they were at worship, mixing their blood with the blood of the sacrifices on the altar. Jesus responded, do you think those murdered Galileans were worse sinners than all other Galileans? Not at all. Unless you turn to God, you too will die. And those 18 in Jerusalem the other day, the ones crushed and killed when the Tower of Siloam collapsed and fell on them, do you think they were worse citizens than all other Jerusalemites? Not at all. Unless you turn to God, you too will die. Then he told them a story. A man had an apple tree planted in his front yard. Sorry, bro, does he, sorry you're supposed to be reading the book of John. You're reading the book of Luke. Thank you for that. So John chapter 13 from verse 1 to 30. Washing his disciples' feet. From verse 1. Just before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that the time had come to leave this world to go to the Father. Having loved his dear companions, he continued to love them right to the end. It was supper time. The devil by now had Judas, son of Simon, the Iscariots grip firmly in his grip, all set for the betrayal. Jesus knew that the Father had put him in complete charge of everything, that he came from God and was on his way back to God. So he got up from the supper table, set aside his robe, and put on an apron. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the feet of the disciples drying them with his apron. When he got to Simon Peter, Peter said, Master, you wash my feet? Jesus answered, You don't understand now what I'm doing, but it will be clear enough to you later. Peter persisted. You're not going to wash my feet, ever. Jesus said, If I don't wash you, you can't be part of what I'm doing. Master, said Peter, not only my feet then, wash my hands, wash my head. Jesus said, if you have had a bath in the morning, you only need your feet washed now and you are clean from head to toe. My concern, you understand, is holiness, not hygiene. 
So now you are clean, but not every one of you. He knew who was betraying him. That's why he said, not every one of you. After he had finished washing their feet, he took his robe, put it back on, and went back to his place at the table. Then he said, do you understand what I have done to you? You addressed me as teacher and master, and rightly so. That is what I am. So if I, the master and teacher, wash your feet, washed your feet, you must now wash each other's feet. I have laid down a pattern for you. What I have done, you do. I'm, not, I'm only pointing out the obvious. A servant is not ranked above his master. An employee doesn't give orders to the employer. If you understand what I'm telling you, act like it and live a blessed life. Servant leadership. The caption, the one who ate bread at my table. Verse 18, I'm not including all of you in this. I know precisely whom I've selected. So as I so as not to interfere with the fulfillment of this scripture. The one who ate bread at my table turned on his heel against me. I am telling you all this ahead of time so that when it happens, you will believe that I am who I say I am. Make sure you get this right. Receiving someone I send is the same as receiving me. Just as receiving me is the same as receiving the one who sent me. After he said these things, Jesus became visibly upset, and then he told them why. One of you is going to betray me. The disciples looked around at one another, wondering who on earth he was talking about. One of the disciples, the one Jesus loved dearly, was reclining against him, his head on his shoulder. Peter motioned to him to ask who Jesus might be talking about. So being the closest, he said, Master, who? Jesus said, the one to whom I give the crust of bread after I've dipped it. Then he dipped the crust and gave it to Judas, son of Simon the Iscariot. As soon as the bread was in his hand, Satan entered him. What you must do, said Jesus, do. Do it and get it over with. No one around the supper table knew why he said this to him. Some thought that since Judas was their treasurer, Jesus was telling him to buy what they needed for the feast or that he should give something to the poor. Judas, with the piece of bread, left. It was night. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in our hearts. Thank you so much. I'll hand over to Brother John who will take us to the Old Testament Bible reading plan. Have a blessed day. Wow, praise the Lord. Interestingly, even though we've read this in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, reading it again in, in John gives it even more, gives us more insight. One greetings, everyone. Thank you for connecting and being consistent every day to fellowship together with God's people all around the world. A big thank you to esteemed Sister Maka for this platform. We now move over to the Old Testament segments of our one-year Bible reading plan. And we're reading 2 Kings chapter 20 to chapter 22. 
Praise the Lord. So um, we continue. Chapter 20 from verse 1. Sometime, sometime later, Hezekiah became deathly sick. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, paid him a visit and said, put your affairs in order. You are about to die. You haven't longed to leave. Hezekiah turned from Isaiah and faced God, praying, Remember, O God, who I am, what I've done. I've lived an honest life before you. My heart's been true and steady. I've lived to please you, lived for your approval. And then tears flowed. Hezekiah wept. Isaiah, living, was not halfway through the courtyard when the word of God stopped him. Go back and tell Hezekiah, prince of my people, God's word. Hezekiah, from the God of your ancestor David, I have listened to your prayer and I've observed your tears. I'm going to heal you. In three days, you will walk on your own legs into the temple of God. I've just added 15 years to your life. I'm saving you from the king of Assyria and I'm covering this city with my shield for my sake and for my servant David's sake. Isaiah then said, prepare a plaster of figs. They prepared the plaster, applied it to the boy, and Hezekiah was on his way to recovery. Hezekiah said to Isaiah, how do I know whether this is of God and not just the fig plaster? What confinement sign is there that God is healing me? and that in three days I will walk into the temple of God on my own legs. This will be your sign from God, said Isaiah, that God is doing what he said he would do. Do you want the shadow to advance 10 degrees on the sundial or go back 10 degrees? You choose. As Kaya said, it will be easy to make the sun's shadow advance 10 degrees. Make it go back 10 degrees. So Isaiah called out in prayer to God, and the shadow went back 10 degrees on Ahaz's sundial. Shortly after this, Merodach Baladan, the son of Baladan, king of Babylon, having heard that the king was sick, sent a get-well card and a gift to Hezekiah. Hezekiah was pleased and showed the messengers around the place. Silver, gold, spices, aromatic oils, a stockpile of weapons, a guided tour of all his prized possessions. There wasn't a thing in his palace or kingdom that Hezekiah didn't show them. And then Isaiah the prophet showed up. And just what were these men doing here? Where did they come from and why? Hezekiah said, they came from far away from Babylon. And what did they see in your palace? Everything, said Hezekiah. There isn't anything I didn't show them. I gave them the ground tour. And Isaiah spoke to his guy. Listen to what God has to say about this. The day is coming when everything you own and everything your ancestors have passed down to you, right down to the last cup and saucer, will be cleaned out of here, plundered and packed off to Babylon. God's word. What's yet? Your sons, the progeny of sons you've begotten, will end up as eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. As guy said to her, so Isaiah, if God sees it, it must be good. But he was thinking to himself, it won't happen during my lifetime. I will enjoy peace and security as long as I live. The rest of the life and times of Hezekiah, along with his projects, especially the way he engineered the 
upper pool and brought water into the city are written in the chronicles of the kings of Judah. Hezekiah died and was buried with his ancestors. His son Manasseh became the next king. Okay, now move over to chapter 21. Caption Manasseh of Judah. Manasseh was 12 years old when he became king. He ruled for 55 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Hephzibah. In God's judgment, he was a bad king, an evil king. He introduced all the moral rots and spiritual corruption that had been scored from the country when God dispossessed the pagan nations in favor of the children of Israel. He rebuilt all the sects and religious shrines that his father Hezekiah had turned down and he built altars and phallic images for the sex god Baal and sex goddess Asherah, exactly what Ahab, king of Israel, had done. He worshipped the cosmic powers, taking orders from the constellations. He even built these pagan altars in the temple of God. Wow. The very Jerusalem temple, dedicated exclusively by God's decree, in Jerusalem I place my name, to God's name and they built shrines to the cosmic powers and placed them in both courtyards of the temple of God. He burned his own son in a sacrificial offering. He practiced black magic and fortune telling. He held senses and consulted spirits from the underworld. Much evil in God's judgment, a career in evil. And God was angry. As a last straw, he placed the carved image of the sex goddess, Asherah, in the temple of God, a flagrant and provocative violation of God's well-known statement to both David and Solomon in this temple and in this city, Jerusalem. My choice out of all the tribes of Israel, I place my name exclusively and forever. Never again will I let my people Israel wander off from this land I gave to their ancestors. But here is the condition. They must keep everything I've commanded in the instructions, my servant Moses passed to them. Okay. Okay, so, but the people didn't listen. Manasseh led them off the beaten path into practices of evil, even exceeding the evil of the pagan nations that God had earlier destroyed. God thoroughly fed up, sent word through his servants, the prophets, because Manasseh, king of Judah, has committed these outrageous sins, eclipsing the sin performance of the Amorites before him, setting new records in evil, using foul idols to debase Judah into a nation of sinners. This is my judgment. God's verdict. I, the God of Israel, will visit catastrophe on Jerusalem and Judah, a doom so terrible that when people hear of it, they will shake their heads in disbelief, saying, I can't believe it. I'll visit the fate of Samaria and Jerusalem, a rerun of Ahab's doom. I'll wipe out Jerusalem as you would wipe out a dish, wiping it out and turning it over to dry. I'll get rid of what's left of my inheritance, dumping them on their enemies. If their enemies can salvage anything from them, they are welcome to it. They've been nothing but trouble to me from the day their ancestors left Egypt until now. They've pushed me to my limits. 
I won't put up with their evil any longer. The final word of Manasseh was that he was an indiscriminate murderer. He drenched Jerusalem with the innocent blood of his victims. That's on top of all the sins in which he involved his people. As far as God was concerned, he turned them into a nation of sinners. The rest of the life and times of Manasseh, everything he did and his sorry record of sin is written in the Chronicles of the Kings of Judah. Manasseh died and joined his ancestors. He was buried in the palace garden, the garden of Uzzah. His son, Amon, or Ammon, became the next king. Caption, Ammon of Judah. Ammon was 22 years old when he became king. He was king for two years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Meshulameth, the daughter of Haruz. She was from Jotba. In God's opinion, he lived an evil life, just like his father Manasseh. He followed in the footsteps of his father, serving and worshipping the same foul gods his father had served. He totally deserted the God of his ancestors. He did not leave God's way. Ammon's servants revolted and assassinated him, killing the king right in his own palace. But the people in their turn killed the conspirators against King Ammon and then crowned Josiah, Ammon's son, as king. The rest of the life and times of Ammon is written in the Chronicles of the Kings of Judah. They buried Ammon in his burial plot in the Garden of Uzzah. His son Josiah became the next king. Now go back to the last chapter of the day. The caption, Josiah of Judah. Josiah was eight years old when he became king. He ruled for 31 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jedidah, daughter of Adiah. She was from Bozkath. He lived the way God wanted. He kept straight on the path blazed by his ancestor David, not one step to either left or right. One day, in the 18th year of his kingship, King Josiah sent the royal secretary, Shaphan, son of Azaliah, the son of Meshulam, to the temple of God with instructions. Go to Hilkiah, the high priest, and have him count the money that has been brought to the temple of God that the doormen have collected from the people. Have them turn it over to the four men who are managing the work on the temple of God so they can pay the workers who are repairing God's temple. All the carpenters, construction workers, and masons also authorize them to buy the lumber and dressed stone for the temple repairs. You don't need to get a receipt for the money you give them. They are all honest men. High priest Hilkiah reported to Shaphan, the royal secretary. I've just found the book of God's revelation, instructing us in God's will. I found it in the temple. He gave it to Shaphan, and Shaphan read it. And Shaphan, the royal secretary, came back to the king and gave him an account of what had gone on. The servants have bagged up the money that has been collected for the temple. They have given it to the four men to pay the temple workers. Then Shaphan, the royal secretary to the king, Hilkiah, the priest, gave me a book. Shaphan proceeded to read it to the king. When the king heard what was written in the book, God's revelation, he ripped his robes in dismay. And then he called for Hilkiah, the priest, Ahikam, son of Shaphan, Akbor, son of Makaiah, Shaphan, the royal secretary, and Asaiah, the king's personal aide, he ordered them all, go and pray to God for me and for these people. For all Judah, found, find out what we must do in response to what is written in this book that has just been found. God's anger must be burning furiously against us. Our ancestors have not obeyed a thing in this book. Followed none of these instructions directed to us. 
Hilkiah the priest, Ahikam, Akbar, Shaphan, and Asiah went straight to Huda the prophetess. She was the wife of Shalom, son of Tikva, the son of Hanas, no, Haras, who was in the who was in charge of the palace wardrobe. She lived in Jerusalem in the second quarter. The five men consulted with her. In response to them, she said, God's word, the God of Israel. Tell the man who sent you here that I'm on my way to bring doom of judgment on this place and this people. Every word written in the book read by the king of Judah will happen. And why? Because they've deserted me and taken up with other gods. Made me thoroughly angry by setting up their God-making businesses. My anger is raging white hot against this place and nobody's going to put it out. Also tell the king of Judah, since he sent you to ask God for direction, tell him this, God's comments on what he read in the book, because you took seriously the doom of judgment I spoke against this place and the people, and because you responded in humble repentance, sharing your role in dismay and weeping before me, I'm taking you seriously. God's word, I'll take care of you. You will have a quiet death and be buried in peace. You won't be around to see the doom that I'm going to bring upon this place. The man took her message back to the king. Wow. So much, so much. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. And now hand over to you, Brother Martins, to go through the affirmation and the communion. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, esteemed Brother John. Wow, what a read. Praise the Lord. Okay, we're going straight into our affirmation segments at this point. And the affirmation is on the screen already. You take affirmation by study with our names. My name is, you say your name, I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. The next paragraph, I, your name, I'm granted according to the riches of the glory of Christ. The third paragraph, your name first, my love abounds more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. At this point, I will kindly ask everyone to unmute their mics as we take affirmation at the count of three. Please unmute your mics. one Oh, 
Praise the Lord. Okay, we're going straight to the communion segment at this point. And um, our text is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, chapter 11, verse 23. For I receive of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it, this is my body, which is broken for you. These do in remembrance of me. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you. For the body of Christ that was broken for us, he was bruised, he was battered. All he did for us, for our justification and our salvation, we declare that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father. You be all the glory in Jesus' name. Right and break the bread and eat it. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay, before we take the cup, there's a scripture I'd like to read to us. I've been pondering that scripture since morning, and the Spirit of God has been, you know, bringing it to my mind. It's on the screen. Psalm 126. It doesn't seem like a dream. Too good to be true. When God turned Zion's exile, we laughed with God. We couldn't believe our good fortune. We were the talk of the nation. You will be the talk of the nation. By the power of the Holy Ghost, you will be the talk of the nations. He says, we laughed with sang. We couldn't believe our fortune. We were the talk of the nations. God was wonderful to them. God was wonderful to us. We are one happy people. And now, God do it again. Bring rains to our drought-stricken lives so that who planted their crops in despair shall shout yes at the harvest. So that those who went up with heavy hearts will come home laughing with loads of blessings by the power of the Holy Ghost in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You will come back with loads of blessings. You will come back laughing by the power of the Holy Ghost. See, this time, laughter will continuously emanate from you by the power of the Spirit of God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. After the same manner also, and when he has stopped in my blood, this do you as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. 
For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. Oh, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you. For the cup, the blood of Christ, has speaketh better things than that of Abel. We declare in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, as we take this cup, we will come back laughing. We will come back with testimonies. We will come back sharing stories of the blessings that you have poured out upon us. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. We give you all the praise. Oh, paragliton, crown sacred, hakrida, sister. Oh, hallelujah. Go ahead and take the cup. Oh, shataka, Oh, manduli, grodowski, jibra, negedrowski, ya. Bako, sekei, brandoglisha, hankris. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you so much, esteemed Sister Maka, for this great opportunity. Thank you, everyone. Wow, what a time. At this point, I'll hand over to the esteemed Sister Maka to take us through the remaining part of the meeting. Thank you, everyone. Have a most excellent day. Praise God. Can you all hear me? Yes, we can. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much, um, Brother Martins, um, Brother John, Sister Joy, Pastor Deborah, Brother Jose. Thank you for um, all that you've shared today. And congratulations, everyone. Every day that we receive the word of God, it comes to build us. Acts 20 and verse 32 says, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to deliver unto you your inheritance. You see, a lot of times we are looking for many things everywhere. We're looking for peace in a relationship. We're looking for love in a relationship. You find a lady who is looking for a man who would love her to wholeness. Wholeness does not reside in a man. Wholeness resides with God. We're looking for things everywhere. My pastor will say, what God wants to give you is not money. What God wants to give you is not a job. You say, ah, ah, what are you saying? Me, I want a job. I need a job. If I get a good job, I will get money. Many, there are many who have good job and have money, plenty of money. They are not happy. Happiness is not in a job. Happiness is not in money. Happiness is in the word. Happiness is in Christ. I often would tell people when I take classes on purpose, purpose is in Christ. The day you, the day you accept it is the day you begin to enjoy your life. Forget what you see on the outside. Many people are not happy outside of what you see on the outside. Many people are not comfortable in their skin. They can't even face themselves inside the house. I enjoy my privacy more than I enjoy the public. I was telling a friend the other day, I said, do you know I, I can go three months and have not had a visitor come visit me in the house? She said, you are joking. I said, I'm serious. I'm serious. I can be home for three months and I've not had one visitor come. I enjoy my privacy that much. I enjoy my company. Like I can even be in the house. I stay in a family house and I can be in my room for days. 
there are people here who know me. I can be in my room for days and not come out. I enjoy my space. I am comfortable in my own skin. He said, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. That joy you are looking for, the word will deliver it. The money you are looking for, he said he would deliver to you an inheritance. The peace you are looking for, the healing. You've been from one relationship to another and your heart has been broken. I don't know who you gave your heart to break because if God gives your heart to someone, the person will not break it. So now you are looking for that relationship who will heal your broken heart. The Bible says Jesus healed broken hearts. Allow Jesus to heal it. Stop looking for a lady or a man to heal it for you. You know, yesterday, myself and someone were talking about a particular lady who was married to this fantastic man. As in, she travels the world. She has everything that, as in, she, this man has given her a good life, but she, she's still not happy. He sits down in front of the TV. She will say, why are you watching TV in the morning? Takes the remote and puts off the TV. I say, uh-uh. But the man is giving, is, as in he makes money, right? It's not like he's watching TV, he's lazy, and then he's not making money. She said that, this, that they go on vacation every year. Her two children, she gave birth to them abroad. She said that this man is just perfect. You know what the problem is? If there are wars inside. There's a message winning the wars within. If you are not fine on the inside, you will never be fine on the outside. No man is going to love you enough to heal that, 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 that war on the inside. There are just certain things that only God can take the credit that he did. There are vacuums in life in every human being that only God can fill. No man can find, find true fulfillment or true satisfaction outside of the world. That's why I used to tell ladies and single brothers, be happy as a single person. Marriage is not going to make you happy. Marriage does not change people, it changes status. It changes status. You will just go from single to married. That's the only thing that it will change about you. It won't change your character. It won't change your personality. Then the lady will change her surname from her surname to her husband's name. Those are the two things that changes for the lady. Single to married, her name will change. Find joy in God. Find satisfaction. Find fulfillment in Christ and enjoy your life. Enjoy your life. Be comfortable in your own skin. Be happy. See, let me say something about people who are not comfortable in their own skin. You are often easily manipulated. And I would explain. I believe God is talking to somebody here. Anyone who shows you attention, anyone who shows you love, you submit yourself, spirit, soul, and body to the person. And I would explain. You find that anything the person wants you to do, you will do. And you would not even know when you are probably being manipulated and, 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 and being used in a totally different direction. Just because you get pleasure from the way the person makes you feel. Oh, they make you feel wanted. They make you feel make you feel important they make you feel this way you are you 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 then because of that that feeling of importance because you are not comfortable alone you don't you don't believe that you are enough you don't believe that you are okay so somebody has to make you feel okay so anything that person wants you to do you are doing so before you know it you are being manipulated you are being used especially if you fall into the hands of the wrong people but when you are happy, when you are comfortable in your skin, no matter what anybody says, see, I, 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 I like it. You compliment me. 
but your compliment <laughs> um, to some extent with due, with all humility, to be honest with you guys, it will go in through one ear and going through the other one. I don't let it get to me. It does not define me. Your compliment of me does not define me. It's not going to change how I feel about myself. Oh, yes, it can make me feel good for that time because everybody likes good compliment. But it's not going to make me change because, oh, this person feels this way about me. This person is always saying this about me. Then every time I want to spend time with you, no, it's not going to be like that. Because you, you find yourself submitting yourself to manipulations. And in this last days, there's a lot of manipulations going on, even within the children of God. You need to know the word for yourself so that you can dictate. The Bible says, test every spirit and check that they be of God. It's not everyone that comes calling Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. It doesn't mean they, they know the Holy Ghost. It doesn't mean that they, 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 love, they, 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 they have any relationship with the Holy Spirit. There's a saying that actions speak louder than words. It's not about what you are seeing. It's about what I'm seeing you act. It's about what you are doing. You can tell me anything. You can say good things in front of me, but behind me, you can castigate me and you can gang up with people against me for all I care. So I can't take your words at face value. Oh, wonderful. Oh, thank you so much. God bless you. But, and that's where it is. That's where it ends. See, be happy with you. Eagles fly alone and they fly the highest. Prophets walk alone. I was listening to a message. It's Christ's purpose in you. It's by Pastor Chris. And he, he was saying, he said, there's a time in your life. He said, if you, are, if, you, if, you, if, you, if, you if you don't set aside times to pray, if you don't set aside times to, to fast, there are certain things that will not happen in your life. He said, there's a level that when you want to work with God, you have fewer friends. That one got to me. Stop looking for crowd. Stop looking to be wanted by everybody and be friends with everybody. It won't take you far. There's how far you want to go. You will have only fewer friends. And those are friends who matter. Friends who want to work with you to ensure that you fulfill your purpose. Not people who want to pollute your spirit and pollute your mind and do different things with your life. It's about what they are getting from you. They don't even really care about you. You'll be, in, you'll be sensitive to the spirit of God. Somebody buzzed me yesterday and she said, I wanted to see you. I, I get a lot of stuff. No, I don't think it was yesterday. I think it was three days ago. I don't know this person. She's in one of the networks that I lead. And as she was buzzing me, the spirit of God said, you cannot see her. And I paused. I said, Holy Spirit, are you serious? What is the matter? He said, you cannot see her. I, I became interested at that moment. I said, I don't even know her. She needs help. Why are you saying you cannot see her? I said, you cannot see her. And I said, yes, sir. I'm friends with Nathaniel Basley, and there was a there was a get together we had as friends, and then he said something. He he was telling us. He said, "It's not all invitation to minister that I honor." He said, "Some of them are a trap." He said, "As soon as you walk into that ministry, into that church, something happens to your music ministry, and from that day things begin to change for the worse." But you do not know. He said, "I don't, I don't, I don't charge money to go and minister. It's something the Spirit of God told me. But when you call me and say, Ah, Natino Basi would like to host you, would like you to come to our ministry," he said, "I want to ask the Lord." It's about, should I go or should I not go? If he says I should not go, I don't care what you want to offer me. I don't care how big your ministry is. I will not show up. 
And he says, if I go, if he says I should go, I will not collect anything. I won't tell you that, oh, I'm coming and I and, 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 and you, you need to pay me this amount. He said, no, this that this, his ministry is not that way. If I show up and you feel led to bless me, oh, and we want to give you this, want to let it be your own free will. What am I saying? Everything is not as it looks. Be sensitive in the spirit. Be sensitive in the spirit. In this last day, the tool is deception. The tool is deception. It is not, see, they will not tell you to your face anymore. They won't tell you. It is deception. They will smile at you in the front, but behind you, things are happening. The tool for these last days is deception. I remember the, the um, Dr. Maurice Cerullo of blessed memory. He passed on last year. When he came to Nigeria, he said, I remember being in a meeting and he said, I want to bless you with a gift. It's a gift that the church needs for this last day. And it is a spirit of discernment, discernment, to be able to discern situations, discern people and discern spirits. Brothers and sisters, you need it for these last days. You must be discerning. Don't take anything as face value. I'm talking to somebody here because there's a meeting you have planned to go for. You are excited about the meeting, but the people that are calling for that meeting, they don't mean well. Be discerning. Be discerning. I'm sorry that I've taken longer than usual. I needed to send this message because the spirit of God had laid it in my heart. Thank you so much for your time. At this moment, I'll call on us to unmute as we share the benediction. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the good fellowship of the Holy Spirit is with us now and evermore. Amen. Surely, God's goodness and mercy will us all the days of our lives, and we will have the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Enjoy the rest of your day, everybody. God bless you. Good morning. Thank, Thank you, you so much, Ma. Thank you, Ma.